listeners, and welcome to Project Understory, a nonfiction storytelling podcast that delves into the deeper meaning of nature experiences. Does your love for the outdoors resonate in your bones? So does ours. We are storytellers, students, and teachers connected to the Central Wisconsin Environmental Station. We are meaning makers, seeking to understand the world and ourselves better through the dappled shade of a balsam fir or the haunting call of a loon across a lake. Here, you can hear our stories of adventure and contemplation, and perhaps discover your own understory. Hello, my name is Rhea Hyden. I am recording for Project Understory. I am also currently a senior at the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point, and I am doing my practicum this year for wildlife education at the Central Wisconsin Environmental Station. So this episode is going to be called Buck Up, and it's basically about one of my first solo hunting experiences. So I'm just going to get right into it. So when I first started hunting when I was 12 years old, this took place when I was 13. So it was 2013 in November. I believe it was the fifth day of the gun season. And that day, my dad just decided, you know what? Today's a good day for you to kind of go out by yourself, get some experience with that. He gave me his 3030 lever action rifle, which if anybody knows more about the gun world, I guess lever actions suck. They are very <laughs> stressful to use, um, but he showed me I was confident enough, and so I just decided to go for it. So I ended up going out in, later in the morning. I think it was around 11.30. I had gone out earlier um, with my dad, but then he he was done. He's like, it's cold out. I'm not going out anymore. So I just went out by myself. I remember getting all my stuff on, all my hunting gear, making sure I had my ammo, and I stepped outside. And it was a beautiful day. It was it was cold. It was really cold. It was brisk, but the sun was shining. There was a little bit of a breeze, and it it just was a nice day. So I decided normally I would head down the east trail, which would go right to my stand. It cuts down the middle of my parents' property. But that day, I just, I, something was telling me, you know what? No, go, go, go to the south side, go around to get to your stand. So I'd, I'd walk south and then get into our field. There's about 10 acres of field and I'd cut through that to get to the stand. And the wind was in my favor, I think, for doing that. So I kind of made that choice based off of that. Um, so I, I headed out, I was walking to the, I was walking to the field, getting closer. The, I just remember all the frost covering the leaves and the trees, like the, like at very far branches of the trees. And it, they were just sparkling in the sunlight. Like my gun, the gold of the gun was reflecting. It just, it was, it was beautiful. I'm just vibing with nature at this point. There's blue jays calling. There were, I just, I remember there being so many blue jays, um, I don't know. I don't know why they were just all crazy that day. So eventually I get to the field and it was, it was weird because you'd think that once you get to the field, the wind would almost pick up a little bit more because there's not a lot of uh, tree cover and there's not a lot of wind blockage, but it, it was weird. It's like everything just got dead silent. 
And like even the Blue Jays stopped calling. And every time I took a step, it was like the crunch of the leaves was so much louder than it seemed like it was in the woods, which I don't know. It was just like a, I got like a that weird feeling like eh, something's up here, but oh, whatever. I'm just gonna don't psych myself out. I started walking a little bit more and my heart was beating so fast. Like, I think I was just kind of a little nervous more that I was by myself. <laughs> um, so I had the gun clutched in my hand. My fingers were red. I remember from the cold because I didn't, I wasn't wearing gloves when I was going out there just in case I, I were to scare something up. So I'm trying to get to my stand at this point. Just that's my goal as of right now is just getting to my stand. So I remember stopping again. And just taking a deep breath, trying to kind of collect myself, uh, get my surroundings, like just breathing in the fresh air, the sun shining. Again, it it just still seemed like it was so quiet. And I took a few more steps forward, opened my eyes and just looked around. And then I realized I heard I heard like what sounded like another pair of footsteps or footfalls that kind of like was mimicking my own. And it kind of scared me because it sounded like something big. And I just, I remember looking up and I kid you not, maybe not 15, I'd say, yeah, like about 10, 15 yards in front of me, there stands this beautiful, massive buck. I swear, the biggest buck I've ever seen in my life, even, I'd say even to this day while I was out hunting, um, he, he looked at me and I could see, like, he almost, like, he shimmered. Like, if trying to describe how this buck looked, it's like, it's like Edward from Twilight. Like, this is the skin of a killer Bella. Like, he glowed and he glimmered. And, like, his fur coat was, like, a beautiful chestnut. And his antlers were, like, a honey brown. And they were, they were wrapped so beautifully up over his head. And, oh, my gosh, the most beautiful, biggest buck I've ever seen. I'm in shock at this point because I, you know, I didn't expect to see that. I completely forgot that the gun was even in my hands and it just, it just sat there like pointed at the ground, not doing anything. I I looked at him. He looked at me. Suddenly he, he stomps his feet. Like he puts one foot down and he's like, and I, I swear I could feel the ground shake. And I look at him. He snorts. There's, I can see like the vapor and the mist coming out of his nose and like the spit of him snorting just (laughs) like he's sniffing me and like being what, like, what are you doing here? Who are you? You're invading my little privacy right now. And I'm like, oh my goodness. (laughs) So I, I, I blink and I swear, like, as soon as I blink, he, he, he's gone. He hightails it out of there. All I see is his big white fluffy tail struck up in the air and he he's bounding out of there like foom, foom, foom. And it took me a little bit to really understand what was going on. And I remember, I remember I actually, at that point, I remembered the gun and I picked it up and I, I, I looked down the little pinpoint scope. I didn't have like the full on glass scope, just the little pinpoint. And I was in awe of what happened. It was just, it was beautiful. And I ended up just at that point, I was so disappointed. I was like, oh my goodness, like what? Like, I I, I just missed that. Like, I just stood there like an idiot. Like, what was I doing? Um, very disappointing, but also I, I couldn't help but feel still so excited. My heart was pounding. I think my adrenaline was crazy. 
at what I had just seen. Um, so I figured at that point, the best thing I could do was just to go to my stand because that's what I was going to do originally. So I went up to my stand, headed up the trail. It's like everything seemed to just come alive again. The blue jays started calling. I could hear the wind. It, it was the strangest thing. And I climbed up to my stand. I sat up there the whole time I was up there. And I think I ended up staying there for like from it was around like 12 to close, which is about 430. So I was up there for a good like five hours. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't want to give up. I wanted I had that slight hope in my mind that maybe that buck would come back. But I, I think he was way too smart for me at one point. I, I was looking around and I could see a little bit of movement in the back corner of the property from where I could see it from my stand. And I knew it was a deer, but I couldn't get a good shot at it even if I tried. And it was too far away to tell if it was a doe or buck, but it was bedded down. And I swear to this day that that, that deer was definitely that buck. That and he Again, he was smart and he knew, well, she's over there. I'm just going to chill here for the night. And she, I know she she's not going to go back here to get me. So that was frustrating, but at the end of the day, I just ended up going home. Uh, it was kind of nice because I got to see the sunset, so I mean, I, I didn't, it's not like I didn't get anything out of it, and I got to my stand. That was my goal, you know, so that's cool. I go home. I tell my parents what happened, disappointed, but I, you know what? I know I'm going to hunt another day. It was just another awesome experience, and I'm so happy I got to have it. Uh, but that's not the end of the story because way fast forward like five, four, four or five years into the future. So now we're looking at, I believe, 2018, I believe was when this happened. I wanted to go shed hunting on my parents' land and I don't know why, but something, again, something was telling me to go back in that corner of the property, which I normally never go in because we know the deer like to bed back there. That's kind of like their safe haven. But I'm like, I really want to find some sheds. So let's go looking back there. I, I, I think it was in April. It was kind of overcast. So the weather was very different from the first part of this story. Um, but I went back there. And I wasn't even looking for very long. I think I was out there for like 20 minutes. And I I swear it was in the same area. I, I was looking over a hill, the little hilly area that's back there. And below a white pine tree, I saw two like stark white objects. And I'm like, oh, I think I might know what these are. So I go up to them. And sure enough, they're a pair of deer antlers. They're very chewed, but you can still see how big they would have been. And I realized, like, I'm looking at the shape and the size of these antlers, and I'm, I was shocked to think, like, to realize, like, I, I swear these are the same. This is from the deer that day. And it would make sense why they were so chewed up. Like, he must have stayed there throughout the winter, I would assume, but I, I swear, and he, they had to have been his and they had the same color on the bottom where the sun couldn't get to. They had the same like girth, the same size. They were beautiful. And I was, I just, I, my memory went back to that day and what had happened. And it, it was kind of, it was bittersweet, but it was, it was nice. It was kind of like a nice closing to the story of that deer that I had missed and what I had seen and like, it's like nature's little way of giving a gift to me, I feel like. Um, but 
I think from this, I definitely learned that you're, you don't always lose. When it comes to nature, you think that you're not successful with a lot of things, but it always shows you that from things you've lost, you'll always gain something else. And that's something I learned from that experience. And I still have those antlers to this day and I, I would love to mount them, but they're just, they're very chewed and I just, I just have them on display. Um, but so I guess that's basically the end of my story and it was fun telling it. It's always fun telling. That's like my favorite hunting story to tell, but yeah. And I hope you enjoyed and thank you for listening. production of Project Understory. A special thanks to Create Portage County in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Check them out at createportagecounty.org for their many resources available to local artists and creatives. We hope we entertained and inspired you today to encounter nature in new and meaningful ways.